good job. What's poppin'? Welcome back to another episode of the We Hate Sports Podcast, episode 99. Y'all, we are literally one episode away from that Golden 100 episode, and I cannot wait. I am the moderator, Desi, and y'all, I'm feeling a little under the weather. But yes, my bill's lost. I know. The, the crew is finna antagonize me. I'm already knowing. I've been getting it. People have been texting my phone saying we're done. Josh Allen is a bust. I've heard it all. But y'all, we did this last season. Y'all saw what we did in the playoffs. Of course, we lost in the, um, uh, to Kansas City. But you know what I'm saying. We're going to be back. And I still say that we're Super Bowl bound. We're going to get it together. So don't don't go too crazy just yet. The Bills are definitely still in it. Let's go ahead and move on and introduce the rest of the crew, starting with our just one host, because PC decided to go see his Eagles get another Mickey Mouse win. PK? Oh, man. Kirk Cobain, that's all I'm going to say. But no, PC, I hope you're having a good time at the game. Me and Sean had this conversation before the camera started rolling. We are personally hoping that you enjoy yourself. You feel me? Get drunk, drink some beers. But, bro, we we really would like a commander's win tonight, bro. So, PC, we hope you enjoy yourself. But we are hoping for a commander's loss because we cannot wait for the next episode. And for you to basically have your total moment and rant on We Hate Sports. All right, moving on to the rest of the crew, starting with Sean. Tonight, I will be taking PC, Philly Cameron's spot as a host today. You know, it's going to feel pretty good, I'm not going to lie, being able to talk down to Tolu. When everyone knows we don't like him, so being able to, you know, have power and control over him, it feels good being the being the, the number two host behind TK, of course. He's still the number one. He's still TK Kellerman. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good show today. Smith, buddy. Right. Smith. Tolu. Screw you, Sean. But, um, hello, We Hate Sports Nation. We back at it. My Ravens had a bye week, and we're getting healthy. And um, the Bills, they're frauds. I mean, they all really thought that was the best team in the league. Ha! They're not even the best in their own division. How are the Jets better than you guys? The Jets. How are the New York football Jets have a better record than the Buffalo Bills? How do the Miami Dolphins have a better record than both than you guys? I mean, damn, the Jets have been in the mud forever, and so has the Dolphins. But now the, it's all reversed. The, the Bills are now third in their division. Third. Like, that's crazy. But, you know, life comes at you fast, man. Josh Allen, you're leading the league in interceptions, buddy. You're a turnover machine. You can't take care of the ball. Oh, my goodness, Josh Allen. I thought you were an MVP candidate. I thought you were going to win the Super Bowl. Oh, man, I can't wait in the playoffs. When Josh Allen loses in overtime again, we're going to start a dialogue. We're going to start a mad dialogue when Josh Allen loses in the playoffs to Patrick Mahomes again. We're about to start a whole-ass dialogue. I can't wait Woo! i can't wait for that man i can't wait anyway so one of them interceptions well actually two because one of them wasn't on him when we played the rounds but anyways and then the other one i blame caution this week when it was fourth and two he should have taken the points because his quarterback wasn't 100 percent. that's why i want sean mcdermott and ken dorsey fired moving on last but not least my g-man gianni I'm going to talk about, real quick, the Cowboys. I think Dak Prescott is overrated, and 
I think they should go back to Cooper Cup. Cooper or Rush, I mean. That's some statement. Anyways, y'all, let's go ahead and jump into what we will be getting into this week. First, we are going to do our WHS pick on week 11, which is two locks and an upset. Then we're going to have our three questions. Segment three is going to be PK Serious, where he does his three does and his three L's. Uh, segment four, we're going to be talking about college football with CFB Talk with Sean. Um, segment five, which is my personal favorite, hot takes. And then our last monologue is segment six and the double digits for us. So let's go ahead and jump into everything, guys. We have a lot to unpack, but first, if you're not already, please go follow our socials at WHS underscore podcast on our Instagram and Twitter. And we hate sports all jams together on TikTok and YouTube. Let's jump right into the first segment of the week, and that is our WH pick on week 11. And Sean, I'm going to call on you first. So, you know, I've done this the last three weeks in a row for the pick I've, this team continues to have an easy schedule, playing scrub after scrub after scrub. I'm going to, as one of my um, locks of the week, I'm going to take PC and Gianni's Philadelphia Eagles. Once again, they're playing the Indianapolis Colts, their fourth game in a row against an absolutely terrible team. They're going to blow them out, and that is going to be 1-0 for me this week so far in the pick'em. My other lock of the week, I'm going to go with my team again. I think I've picked them a few times. Uh, we are playing the Detroit Lions, and I think against that defense, we should be able to dominate in the running game. Daniel Jones should have a good game like he did against Houston, and that should be an easy win for us. For my upset of the week, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans over the Green Bay Packers. The Titans have been very surprising this season. Mike uh, Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the league, and he's absolutely been a coach of the year candidate this year. They came into the season with pretty low expectations, and they've been had a very good season so far, especially defensively, running the ball. We know they've always been able to do those things with Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel. Ryan Tannehill is healthy now, and he's able to give their passing game just enough that they need to come out with a win against Green Bay Packers. All right, Gianni. Uh, my first lock of the week is going to be the Ravens over the Panthers. I think the Ravens are going to steamroll them. I think Carolina, I think, is ready for the offseason more than playing these games that are left in their schedule. So it's going to be probably a 30-point win for the Ravens, I, I feel. And then for my other lock, I know that they lost two in a row. I think they should bounce back against this team. I'm picking the Bills as my second lock of the week. It should be Cleveland. Cleveland is just a mess right now. I think I think they can get by Cleveland. Um, they have enough to get by Cleveland, I think. Uh, for my upset of the week, I'm surprised this team is favorite to win the game. But I'm going to pick um, them to get upset. I'm going to pick the Vikings over the Cowboys. The Cowboys are one-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. I don't know what they're seeing, honestly. But I think the Vikings upset them. All right, Tolu. All right. My first lock, Panthers and Ravens over the Panthers. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback for the Panthers. All you need to say about that. Lamar Jackson absolutely shines when he plays against Baker Mayfield. We already know the battles they had in Cleveland, okay? But Lamar owns Baker Mayfield. So that's my first lock. He also, he, Tolu, Tolu, he also signed against the Giants and uh, got his first loss this year. So let's uh, slow your roll there. But anything happened, but go ahead. Uh, 
brother. It's no, whatever. Okay, my second lock, I'm picking the Chiefs over the Chargers. The Kansas City Chiefs, I don't know why they won't go away, but they keep on staying, like, being relevant, okay? Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, yes, better than Josh Allen, is going to shine against that bum Chargers defense. I don't care what they say. Okay, my lock, my upset of the week is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Cincinnati Bengals. Because for some reason, the Cincinnati Bengals always struggle when they play in the division. They have not beaten the Browns. They've not beaten the Steelers. They haven't beaten us yet. They always struggle when they play in the AFC North. Hmm, I wonder why. Because they're frauds and they're never going to be good ever again. They always struggle. They always beat all these bum teams. And when they play us, we play their division. They play in the AFC North. They always struggle. And now TJ Watt is back. So you already know with that bum offensive line, TJ Watt is going to be all over Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr. You know, especially with Tyler Boyd and all those receivers. Mika Fitzpatrick is going to clamp Tyler Boyd. Boyd up. Mika Fitzpatrick is going to clamp. He's going to clamp all them Bengals receivers. So I think the Steelers are going to upset the Cincinnati Bengals. Alright, and last but not least, TK. Why does Tolu always get so emotional when he talks about the Bengals? Because like Joe, I hate when you, the Bengals. When you hear Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals, you just, you, bro, you just get I very emotional. Them. But I hate them. I, I don't guess, like I the Cincinnati Bengals. Hate them. All right. Well, <clears throat> so for my first lock, I'm going to go with the same one that uh, Sean with, with with the Eagles over the Colts. I don't know. Whoever, honestly, whoever sits down and, and comes up with the scheduling for the for the season, they have to be an Eagles fan. Like, I'm convinced 100% it is an Eagles fan because I think this may be the easiest schedule that I've ever seen in my life. It's like every single week that we talk on this show about the Eagles. I expect the next week for it to be a hard schedule. You mean to tell me you're going from the Washington Commanders to the goddamn Colts, bro? Like, come on. So, yeah, Eagles are absolutely going to destroy the Colts. I don't know if it'll be by 30. Like, uh, I, I think Gianni said it'll be by 30 or something. I don't know. But I don't know if it'll be by that much. But I think I expect the Eagles to win very, very comfortably, at least by two touchdowns. So, give me the Eagles over the Colts. Um, for my second line, give me the Niners over the Cardinals, bro. Look, man, CMC is back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Debo, um, he, he didn't have a, that great of a game yesterday, but I expect, I expect him to get his leg back and I expect him to bounce back. Um, and Elijah Mitchell, bro, he looked really good last night also. I think he had almost 100 yards rushing as well. Um, bro, that's, 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 that's scary, man. Sean, Mc, Sean McVay, bro, he's, bro, his, 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 his systems are just absolutely incredible, man. Uh, or Kyle Shanahan, I'm sorry. It's just absolutely incredible, man. And now that he has, uh, his, his guys back, um, I think the Niners are going to make a, a, a run towards the towards the postseason that's going to carry into the postseason, bro. And don't be surprised if they end up in the Super Bowl, dog. Like, real talk. The team is that dangerous, bro. Um, so, yeah, so give me the Niners over the Cardinals. I expect them to win that very comfortably. And then for my luck, give me the Chargers over the Chiefs, all right? And before everybody goes crazy, the only reason I'm saying Chargers over Chiefs is I expect their wide receivers to be back this week. Um, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard any reports or anything. It's only Monday, so you're not going to hear anything uh, just yet. But I'm expecting uh, their wide receivers to be back. And Justin Herbert really needs his wide receivers, man. Um, this team looks really bad without him. Um, shout out to the rookie wide receivers that are out there trying to carry the team, but they're not. Uh, they're 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 just not there yet, man. But um, 
I expect the wide receivers to be back. I think this offense is going to look a lot better. I think Justin Herbert is going to start to look like the top five quarterback or top three, top five quarterback, wherever he was on that list uh, last year to look like he was in that conversation again. Um, and yeah, I expect it to be a very close game. I'm not sure if it's uh, Sunday night or Monday night or whatever it is, but I expect it to be one of the best games of the week. Um, it'll be close. It'll probably be high scoring. It'll be an offensive game because both these defenses are absolutely trash. But give me the Chargers by a field goal, 33-30. All right, y'all. It's time to move on to our next segment. It's time to ask some questions, y'all. So my first question is for CK, Sean, and Jenny. Yesterday featured a ton of matchups in the NFL that were absolutely must-see TV. Which team was the biggest winner yesterday, in your opinion, from the NFL? CK, you're first. I mean, I feel like if you don't say it was definitely the Vikings, bro, like, you're just absolutely, you're crazy, bro. You just don't, you just don't know the game of football. I don't think I've ever seen, but first of all, that was definitely the game of the year. Like, hands down, not even a question, bro. Um, you got two of the best teams in the, in, in the NFL. Um, the Vikings, who can very well come out of the top, who can very well come out on top in the NFC, versus the Bills, who most people agree are the best team in the AFC. Um, for me, man, it was, it was how much... It, it has to be the Vikings because of how much that game went back and forth. And then, bro, I mean, what is everybody talking about today on Twitter, on social media and everything? The catch of the century, maybe the catch of the year, man. Look, that's gonna be later on, and that's gonna be in the next segment, guys. Just listeners, stay tuned for that. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. I, honestly, a lot of people thought that the Vikings they were a good team that happened to have a seven and one record, but a lot of people were not taking them seriously. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the words you want to use for a team like that. That seven and one. I mean, I, I I don't understand what these people that are honestly not taking the Vikings seriously are looking at. Um, but it's always it always ends up going back to Kirk Cousins. Um who I understand because he has a he he's very inconsistent. But when you get a team when you get a win like a when you get a win over a team like the Bills from on national TV where everybody's watching Kirk Cousins, he when it comes to primetime games, he's not good, bro. He's really not good. But yesterday he was great. He 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 had a very good game yesterday. Shout out to JJ shout out to JJ man. Best wide receiver in the league. Um, but yeah, just from the simple point that it was the, it was the game of the year, honestly. Um, and like I said, it went back and forth. It did not disappoint. Um, we got an overtime out of it and definitely, man, you got shout out to the Vikings, bro. Eight and one, they're sitting at their Eagles are still eight and all right now, but honestly, in my opinion, the Vikings are the best team in the NFC. Um, and I think they really needed a, a win like this versus a team like the Bills, uh, for the national media to take them serious. So it's definitely, definitely the Vikings. All right. Sean, what's your take on it? I a thousand percent agree with everything TK said. It's a hundred percent the Vikings. You know, they beat the Buffalo Bills, arguably the Super Bowl favorites coming into that game. It was a game of the year. Justin Jefferson had the catch of at least a year, if not, as TK said, the decade, the millennium. It was absolutely insane. It's up there with Odell, which, like he said, we're going to talk about a little bit later. But to give an alternative answer, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They desperately needed a win. We've all seen how bad they've been doing. Like, Tom Brady's been struggling. The whole line has been terrible. The wide receivers have been catching passes. The defense hasn't looked the same. They desperately needed some momentum. And beating a very good team in the Seattle Seahawks in Germany, that was a huge win for them to get back on track for this season. They now have a, de- a pretty sizable lead for the NFC South uh, to win that division. So they, they've gotten their momentum. They've gotten a good lead for the division. Now they just got to keep riding the train. Make sure they secure that playoff spot. Hopefully they're healthier by then and go from there. 
So I'm going to go with, as my option, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, now Gianni. I was going to go with Tampa as well, or Minnesota. But to me, I think the team that got a big win, too, um, that is a, possibly a contender that can make a deep run is the 49ers. They were down early, I think, by 10 in the second quarter or third quarter to the Chargers, and they came back. Like, I feel like if the Niners don't, don't win that game, honestly, it gives life to the Green Bay Packers to get to that last wild card spot because if the Niners would have lost that game, the Packers would be a half game back of the playoffs, basically. And... I think is a huge win, and it now sets up the Niners for a potential run here because their schedule gets um, a little easier now these next couple of games. Uh, I think their only tough game, I think, is is really, I think, Seattle and Tampa always. Outside of those, they, they have pretty winnable games, I feel. So I think they got a big win. You can go with Minnesota. You can go with Tampa, but I think the Niners got a big win coming back against the Chargers. All right. Question number two is for C.K., Sean, and Tolu. Justin Jefferson or Odell Beckham Jr.? Greatest catch of all time. Whose was better? Sean, you're first. I think everyone knows where I stand. Of course, I'm going to go with the New York Giant legend, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I think there are reasons. Like, Justin Jefferson's catch was absolutely insane. No discredit to him. Uh, and I really think this could go either way. I'm going to go with Odell personally. A, it was a touchdown. B, it was a flag. So it was basically an and one in football. You don't see much of those. Um, he had to reach back way further. And I do think, like, as insane as it was for Justin Jefferson to snag it out of the defender's hands, I also think, in a way, it did help him for the, for the defender to stop the momentum of the ball, put it in place for it where a place where Justin Jefferson could catch it. So by degree of difficulty, it being a touchdown, him playing for the Giants, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely a bit biased in this answer. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. Still having the greatest catch of all time. Okay. Salud. I love Odell, man. I really do. But I'm going to have to go with Justin Jefferson. Like, it was fourth down and 18. Like, if it was fourth down and, like, 18. If they don't get that, they lose the game. And it's, like, the fact he reached it and, like, and he still maintained possession. Like, could, do you know how hard that is to maintain possession and get hit at the same end, prepare to get hit at the same time? Like, that's not easy. That's not easy at all. So, like, it's just like this. Like, I, I, obviously, Odell's was a touchdown. But the state of that game, like, if they don't get that, like, they, they lose the game. So, and Justin Jefferson, it's, just, it's hard to, like, he just snatched it. Like, the defender was right there. Like, he easily could have picked that. So, like, I'm going with Justin Jefferson because the degree of the game and the fact that he literally had to, like, snatch it from a, from the defender. There wasn't any defender where Odell was. Odell was – there was no defender there. There was a defender on Justin Jefferson. So, I'm picking I'm picking Justin Jefferson. All right. And Oh, totally. I mean, well, there was the, the defender on old Bell back, and he just, what happened, he just, I mean, he bought him, bro. That's basically what happened. Um, But, it's, it, honestly, it's a hard question to answer, man, because when you think about Odell's catch, bro, like I said, Sean said the biggest thing, it was a touchdown. It was a loss as a team, but that, that's not really Odell's fault. He's just going out there, he's playing wide receiver, he's just doing his job. Um, 
Odell caught it with three fingers, man, behind his back. Three fingers total. Do you know how hard it is to catch a football with three fingers? But then when you think about what Justin Jefferson did, Sean, fourth and 18, like Tony said, mm. not only did you make that catch, but I, let's, I, something you stuck out with me that made me say, mm, is when you said it was a perfectly thrown ball by Kirk Cousins. That was a, that was actually a terrible pass. That was not like I want you to go I want you to go back Sean and actually watch. Like maybe happened in fast time so it might have looked like it was good. That wasn't a good throw at all, bro. It it really wasn't Sean. It wasn't. It should have been intercepted. No, I it said it was a perfect pass. I don't even remember saying that. No, no, I don't know. I don't think you said it was a perfect pass. Oh, but I think okay. you said he threw a good pass for in the area where Justin Je- for Justin Jefferson to catch when you compared it to Odell's Beckham catch, where he just completely had to reach. It wasn't yeah, no, I was saying he had to, to reach, reach back way further, higher. Yeah, than yeah, definitely, definitely. The thing with Justin Jefferson's catch on for me that really stands out is fourth and eighteen, and not only you also make a one hand catch, you one hand catch, but you also fall down with that hand. And you hold on to the football as you're falling down. You don't lose concentration. You focus on the football and you complete. Everything is just focused on catch. It's focused on catching that football on the fourth and 18 and moving the ball on. And that's exactly what they did, bro. I think I got to go with OBJ, though, honestly. Because honestly, what stands out for me is honestly, when you think of OBJ, what always stands out to you? You can think of 100 plays of of JJ Jetta that he's just made so many crazy, long, deep, crazy catches that he shouldn't have made. But when you think of Odell Beckham, he made deep catch. It was the catch compared to Justin Jefferson's many great catches. So I got to get into OBJ, bro. Like I said, three hand, three fingers, bro. Behind the back, caught a touchdown. You got fouled, and you got that passing appearance, and you still somehow caught the ball, bro. Like, I got, I got to give it to OBJ, man. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a catch like that again. And Diggs, hey, shout out Diggs. Stephon Diggs had a really good catch in that game, too, bro. Like, I got to show, I want to show Stephon some love, too. He did. He had a really good catch in that game, too, but... JJ, man, honestly, we're witnessing greatness in front of our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. And just please do not take this greatness for granted, bro. Like, enjoy what we're seeing, bro, because this is this is very Randy Mosses. Very, very Randy Mosses. But, yeah, I got to give it to OBJ. There really was no wrong answer between these two options. Like, both are absolutely insane. Oh, absolutely. All, all the credit absolutely. in the world to both of them. And we are so lucky that in our lifetime, we're able to see both of these wide receivers in their prime absolutely dominate the league. Our last question is for everybody. Justin Fields is the first quarterback in Bears history with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in four straight games. If Justin Fields continues to play the way he's been playing the past few games, can he place himself into the MVP conversation? Paulu, you're first. No, because they don't have a good record. Like, they're Three and seven, their last place in the NFC North. They don't. Like, those stats don't matter. They don't translate to wins. Now, I'm not hating on Justin Fields. I love Justin Fields, but the Bears also did a horrible job not getting him a good roster. I mean, the what have the Bears done not getting him a good roster? He's just gonna be this. This reminds me like this is like a an NFL version of of. Um, of Russell Westbrook when he was on when he was in OKC for that one year that KD left. This this is literally what it reminds me of. The Bears they just love wasting talent. They love wasting talent. And he did, if he was on a better team then yeah he'd be in the MVP conversation. 
Justin Fields, I remember everyone was calling him a bust of the to start the season. That he he's he's a he's a bust, he's trash, and 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 um Mac Jones is better and all that stuff. But I'm glad he he proved the haters wrong, but it's because his team is so bad. I mean, they're literally in last place on the, against the Lions, for God's sake. The Lions. Like, if he was on a better team, he'd be on the MVP conversation. But he's just putting up stats, and that doesn't tra- translate to wins. If you, ha- if you wanted to be in the conversation, you have to win games. And them, they barely squeaked by the Lions last night. Or last yesterday. They barely snuck by him. So... No, he's not going to be in the MVP conversation. I'm glad he's having a good season, though. Like he's a good quarterback. He's he's a he's a good quarterback. He just I was on a bad team. That's what it is. All right, Sean. Yeah, no, Tola was right. Uh, you said you they squeaked by the lines. No, they didn't. They actually did end up losing that game. They are three and seven. The Bears oh. are a terrible team, and I love Justin Fields. He's a, he's so much fun to watch. One of the best rushing yeah. QBs in the NFL. But, like, A, like Tolo said, their record, they're 3-7. and seven. B, he has one game with over 200 passing yards. We do need to slow our roll just a little bit. This was an he's insane question. Looking always looking to run. He does. He's not looking to pass. I've been uh, watching. And it's not even all his fault. Like, look, like you it's said, like, the wide receivers, his, the terrible. offensive line, he has no choice but to run. But that still needs to be taken into account, that he has yeah. not shown the ability to pass the ball at an elite level, at an MVP level. This was yeah. an Insane question. I don't know what kind of drugs Dan Orlovsky, who is the one who brought this up into the media, that Justin Fields is playing himself into an MVP candidate. I don't know what kind of drugs he was taking. Absolutely insane take. Um, I love Justin Fields. I love to watch him play. I hope he keeps keeps improving. I hope he develops his passing game more. But so far, at this point in time, he is nowhere close to being an MVP-level quarterback. Not even close. It's not a question. He is not an MVP-caliber quarterback. All right, Gian, you have to take on it. I agree with what Sean and Tolu said. Honestly, the record is bad. Uh, he needs to improve the passing game. Um, hopefully, he improves as a passer. I think his run game is like special. Honestly, um, yeah, he's not MVP. I don't know what Dan Orlovsky is thinking. Really, honestly. I don't know what he thinks because he, he does some crazy takes, honestly, on uh, Get Up. But we'll, we'll see. I, I just want to see him improve, actually, in my opinion. Just improve as a passer and see him grow. That, that's mostly what I want to see from him. All right. And last person, TK. Yeah, I totally said it best. Um, I mean, he... You can't you can't be an MVP on a losing team. I'm not sure if that's ever happened in NFL history. Uh, maybe it has a couple of times. Who knows? Um, I mean, we're way too young to know, to be honest. So we wouldn't know. But um, as far as in our generation, we've never seen an MVP on a losing team. So specifically because of that reason, he can't win MVP. Um, and then also, I love what Sean said about. Um, He's one of the. I think he's one. I think he's one of the, if not the best rushing quarterback in the NFL, especially the, if we're going by what we saw in the past two games. Um, I don't think it's been close at all. But Sean is absolutely right. Um, there is definitely some things that uh, Justin Fields needs to do as far as his passing game. It's still not quite there yet. Um, the, I also 
do need to say this as well. The Bears organization as a whole, they really need to give uh, to build some. They need to give get weapons around Justin Fields, and it's, they need to get weapons around him now. Justin Fields is easily already the best quarterback in the history of, Chicago, of the Chicago Bears, unless you want to say it's Jay Cutler. Go ahead and have that argument with me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, go ahead and put myself in it because I'm not gonna have it. It's, it's pointless. Uh, Jay Cutler's trash. So yeah, I, I think that Justin Herbert is already, is, or not Justin Herbert, but Justin Field is already the greatest quarterback in Bears history. So strict because of that reason, you need to build around him. You need to build around him while he's young and while he's cheap. <clears throat> if that happens, I think Justin Fields is definitely in, in the MVP conversation in the future. But um, yeah, right now, uh, I agree. I don't know what Dan Orlovsky was thinking um, when he said it this morning. When I heard it, honestly, I had to ask you guys because I had to make sure none of you were as crazy as he were. So I'm glad that everybody said no. He can't be in the MVP conversation because I agree. He absolutely can. Um, there's a lot of things that he needs to work on as far as his passing game. There's a lot of things that the organization needs to do as far as putting things around him. And just right now, they're just not quite there yet. Thank God that Justin Fields is a running quarterback because he would be probably be getting sacked somewhere around 10 times a game, honestly. And it would set it would be an all-time record in NFL history, bro. It would be that bad. This offensive line is absolutely trash. And that is the first thing that they need to work on in the offseason. All right, y'all. It's time for segment number three, which is TK's tier list. So TK, I'm gonna just go ahead and pass it off to you. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the week again. TK's tier list, three losers, three winners. Let's start with the losers and get the sad stuff out of the way first so we can talk about some winners. Um, so number one, we just talked about them in the previous segment, Chicago Bears, man. Um, Justin Fields, I'm just going to go back to, to Justin Fields and the whole building around him thing. Um, they really need to build around him now, honestly. Justin Fields is playing his ass off in these games, and they just cannot produce a win. And, and they're losing in these close, close games. That's strictly because the defense is absolutely trash and he has no weapons on offense. Uh, the year Mooney had last year, he's not having that type of year this year. I'm not sure what happened. You just traded for Chase Claypool uh, in the past two games. He has not been involved much at all. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, maybe he doesn't understand the offense or maybe it's just taking some time. Um, but, yeah, man, the Chicago Bears, I, 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 I don't understand how. I think they started, what, three? Was it three and oh? I think it was three and oh. I think they lost like three the last three or four games. Um, they just got to figure it out, man. Like I said, Justin Justin Fields is, I mean, he's playing his ass off. He's doing as much as he can. But, I mean, damn, he's a second-year player with absolutely no weapons on offense. And his defense is probably the worst defense in the National Football League. So, um, yeah, man, definitely going to give it to the uh, Bears first. Uh, number two, Gianni and Sean, I'm going to let you guys come on to this, uh, being that this team is in your division. How did the Cowboys lose this game to the Green Bay Packers? Can somebody explain this to me? Because this is, I, I, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I watched the game. Like, don't get me wrong. I watched the game. And, I, I mean, I saw it with my eyes. But I don't understand how you lose to a team that, I mean, we were all calling Aaron Rodgers. We, we, were, we thought he was washed. Um, Aaron Rodgers definitely had one of his better games yesterday. And this team just found a way to lose. It's supposed to be the number one defense in the league or top five defense in the league. They didn't look like it yesterday. And they just got, I mean, they were just embarrassed. That Prescott did not look good whatsoever. Uh, shout out C.D. Lamb. He looked great. But I don't I think it's Prescott. Yeah, you said something about Cooper. You said something about how how they should place Cooper Rush back into the game or back into the the line. So go go ahead. Yeah, explain that. Because because I see it too on Twitter. Um, Really, the Cooper Rush Cowboys fans were were all like crying to get back into back into the game, like you know, back to from the injury. And now they're kind of saying, 
we should go back to Cooper Rush because they're win- they win games with Cooper Rush this season. Really, I was looking at you know what they were saying. They're four and one with Cooper Rush this season, and without him, they're two and two. But their two wins came against the Bears and the Lions. So honestly, they might have a point. You know, Cowboys fans. That's that's why I was like saying that because Cowboys fans say crazy things really sometimes. But they they kind of have a point. I don't know if I agree with Gianni, to be honest. Uh, I think Dak Prescott is still the much better option, at the very least in the long term, when it comes to competing in the playoffs than Cooper Rush. I think it just comes down to two words. Aaron Rodgers, as washed as he is, he could be 50 years old. He will always dominate the Dallas Cowboys. He's the Dallas Cowboys' <laughs> father. He owns them 24-7. You know, them and the Bears are the two teams that he will always own, no matter how old, how washed he is. And it just comes down to that. I think the Cowboys are going to be fine. Dak Prescott is still the answer for them this year at quarterback. He's still a much better option than Cooper Rush. They're just never going to beat Aaron Rodgers, and they need to accept that. They better hope the Green Bay Packers don't go on a run and make the playoffs. If they see them in the playoffs, their season is done. They cannot beat Aaron Rodgers. They cannot be the Green, beat the Green Bay Packers. Imagine the Cowboys versus Packers in the playoffs, but that would be absolutely insane. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, Wait, you can't lose. I mean, Tika, you, go ahead. Go ahead. The other team that the Cowboys never beat in their um, career is um, basically the entire history of Tom Brady, too. So if they play the Bucks in the first round, they're done there, too, because. Tom Brady owns, I think Tom Brady is like 9-0 and against the Cowboys all the time. Jesus so, Christ, bro. So That's yeah. insane. To never to never have a win against Tom Brady's. I mean, I mean, it is Tom Brady, though. So, But, yeah, I mean, you can't lose to, quote-unquote, Washington Rodgers. I mean, there's absolutely no excuse for it. Um, number three. I actually wrote down AFC West, except the Chiefs. Before the beginning of the season, ladies and gentlemen, everybody picked this division to be the greatest division in NFL history. I don't think they're feeling that way anymore, ladies and gentlemen. This this division is absolute trash. The Chiefs, like Totem said earlier, they just won't stop coming, bro. They just keep finding ways, whether it's without Tyreek Hill, or Kelsey misses a game. It doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is still Andy Reid. Um, I think we're looking at a situation where we're very well. Maybe not Staley. Maybe Staley's job is safe, depending on what the charge through this season. I mean, he has a lot of injuries. He's missing his two wide receivers. There's a lot going on there. But the defense is absolutely trash, and he's supposed to be a defensive-minded coach. So I don't know what's going on there. And then you got the Denver Broncos. We all know the mess with Nathaniel Hackett in that situation. And then you got the Oakland Raiders. Josh McDaniels in that situation, who are just way, way too talented to be this bad. I got a question for I got a question for you guys right now. All right. I'm sorry that you guys are gonna have to witness this. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for all the viewers that are probably gonna have to watch this game on national TV. Raiders play the Broncos next week, ladies and gentlemen. Who do you guys got? I just I, this is just just for just a for me question. Who do you guys got? I'm going Raiders. I'm going Broncos in that game. A close one. Oh, God. Who's at home? Oh, God. I think we are. Then I think I'm going to go with the Broncos. At least they have a good defense. Oh, the Raiders don't have a good anything. Bruh. But they have a... Bro. I, are they taking... Like, are we witnessing they tank? Or are they just I don't just think this they're bad? taking. I think they're just bad. 
The the Raiders are tra- tanking for CJ Stroud, bro. I don't CJ I don't agree. I think they are the just bad. Their offensive line is terrible. Tank, absolutely, the defense, the defense is, is terrible. Josh McDaniels is Josh McDaniels is terrible, and Derek Carr is having a very bad season. It just everything is going. I don't think they're tanking. I think they're just Re- bad. why the would Bonds Derek Carr? Why would Derek yeah, Carr be so, tanking ex- yeah, to replace exactly. to get his, then, to get himself replaced? That doesn't make any sense. They're just bad. It does. He's just not the top 10 yeah. quarterback that a lot of Raiders fans told us he was. They told us he was top 10. I think he's proving he was never top 10. Free Devontae Adams, crazy, bro. Uh, and I, don't, I, and I, think, I, I think Devontae Adams wants to be in, in Vegas. I just think he just wants to win, bro. He did not expect. I don't. I mean, nobody expected the Raiders to look this bad, bro. And I mean, this is bad. The entire AFC West, besides the Chiefs, besides the Chiefs man, it's just, it's, it looks bad, bro. Like, we look like the new NFC East. That's what we look like. And the Chiefs just look like the Cowboys that are always dominating every year. So it's just bad. This is sad and this is bad. But let's move on to something positive. Let's move on to the winners of the week. All right. First, I mean, I keep praising them as far as the, in, in, the AFC, in, in the AFC East. So I'm going to talk about the Dolphins first. They keep winning these games. man. I think this is like three in a row now. Dolphins, I, believe, I think, are the best team in the AFC East. I think they're going to win. The, I think they're going to win that division. Um, I don't know what happens when they get to the playoffs. But I do think that they're going to win that division. And I think they're, they're going to get about 11, 12 wins this year. Um, like I said, granted, it was against a, 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 a Browns team without Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, a win is still a win, bro. And this team is just going out there, and they're just kicking ass offensively. And the defense look at, actually looked really good yesterday, too. So, um, shout out to the Dolphins. Dion, you want to say something? To me, like, the Dolphins' defense, like, that's the biggest concern, I feel. For that team, they can score every everything basically. They can score thirty points per game, but their defense, I think, <coughs> give up close to like thirty per game almost, or like twenty seven, twenty eight, like about that range. And for them mm-hmm. to give up seventeen points, that could be a, a sign of things to change. Maybe I know it's the Browns, but that's something that they can carry over, you know, for these exactly. next couple of games and change yeah, the way because kind of carry that. Trying to carry, carry, and you got to remember that, like, there's, they, there's some, or Bradley Tubb is still getting this, and I think he's going to be a big improvement to that defense as well. Um, pretty sure they got some guys coming back from injury, also. I think they're going to be fine, bro. I just, but I will say, I will admit that the defense you mentioned that that's the one thing why I said when they get to the playoffs, I don't know what happens because I think that you can score as many points as you want, but if you can't get key stops, it's, it's not going to matter. Because the other yeah. defense, if the defense on the opposite side, if you can get key stops, I mean, that's a game that you're basically going to lose because you can score as many points as they can. If you got a team that can score just as many points as you, if not the same, and then a, a team that can – the defense doesn't even have to be good. Just a team that can get yeah. defensive stops, key stops when they need to, I mean, Dolph, that might be the Dolphins' script tonight, bro. So, number two, man, we talked about him a little earlier, so I won't talk about him too much, but the 49ers, bro, CMC, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, man, that rushing attack is absolutely it's it's scary, bro. Like I said, Elijah Mitchell had close to 100 yards rushing yesterday. I'm not quite sure how much yards Christian McCaffrey had yesterday, but I'm pretty sure it was over 100 yards scrimmage, over 100 scrimmage yards. I mean, honestly, you're talking if this team could stay healthy, man. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think this is a team that can very well get to the Super Bowl. Um, Vikings, Eagles, probably be their biggest competition. But I think if everything goes right and they just continue to pound it down these these guys' throats. 
uh, these teams' throats and get their defense tired, and then to where you can mix in the play action. Honestly, I think this is this is very because that's what the that's that's really what the Dodgers do best, bro. It's a, they pound it down your throats and then they hit you with the play action pass, and it seems to work every time, bro. And um, it seems like they they finally they seem like they finally got it clicking, bro. And um, I think they're sitting at five and five now. This is this is kind of where you want to be right now. Um, and I think I, I'm not sure what what the rest of their schedule schedule looks like, but they're probably favorited for most of their games uh, remaining on the schedule, bro. It's one of the most dangerous oh. offensive teams in the league, I, I, I think, especially when it comes to wrestling. What's up, Jim? Um, they're they're five and four, and they got the Cardinals next. Um, really, Easy I, I think from yeah from their schedule, I think the only tough games really is the Seahawks, the um, the Niners. I think that's it. Like. I think all their other games are pretty winnable, basically. So, yeah. Um, because, I mean, yeah. And Gino didn't look too good yesterday. So, the Seahawks is a very winnable, uh, winnable game for them. Um, but, yeah, man, watch out for the Niners. But, like I said, bro, they're, they're one of the teams that could that can make a run and it probably wouldn't shock a lot of people. But then again, it, it, it probably would because NFC is wide open, man. Um, so, yeah, keep your eye on the Niners. And then, number one, honestly, I had to get, I mean, Talked about it a little earlier, but I, th- I think it has to be the Vikings. Bro. They have to be the biggest winner this week on the TK's tier list, man. Like I said, when you go against <clears throat> a team like the Buffalo Bills, who just about everybody had as Super Bowl favorites, most people still have them as the Super Bowl favorites. Um, you go out there and you beat that team, um, but that means a lot. Uh, it says a lot about what the Vikings are doing, that, and, and, and it goes to show every all, all the haters and naysayers that the Vikings are very serious, bro. Um, they're not a team that you can sleep on. Um, Granted, I have some concerns about their defense, um, but offensively, I, I think they're just one of those teams that can keep up with any and everybody. And the it's, it's really, I think it's really going to come down to what we're going to get out of Kirk Cousins, bro. Like, are we going to get Kirk Cousins that throws three, three, four touchdowns over 350 yards in the W, or are we going to get Kirk Cousins that throws two interceptions with four, two touchdowns with four interceptions and 280 yards? Like, which which Kirk Cousins are we going to get? And honestly, that's the thing that concerns me the most about the Vikings, um, especially when it's going to when it comes to playoff time. Um, I think this is Kirk Cousins last year. I think they keep signing him to these one-year deals. I'm not sure what their long-term plan is at quarterback. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they were one of the teams that had their hands in the Deshaun Watson jar. Uh, never got far, though, I'm pretty sure. But um, it seems like they are looking for a quarterback, bro. And I, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be the long-term answer. I don't know where to go from here. Gianni, I mean, uh, Sean, you're the you're the college guru guy. Is there any quarterback that maybe they could sneak in there It could be really good for the Vikings, maybe in the second round or something like that, bro, into the late quarter, like into the late first round? Is there any quarterback that comes to your mind? That you plug them into the Vikings and think with the with the way that this Vikings offense is, everything from Cook to JJ to Thielen, everybody, that you plug him in and think, damn, that team could look about the same with Kirk, if not better. No, because it's not going to be Bryce. It's not going to be CJ. Yeah, no. If we're talking about like winning right now to compete a champ- compete for a championship next year with Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson, no, I really don't think there's any QB in the draft that's going to give them a better chance than Kirk Cousins. Uh, maybe there's somebody out there in free agency. Maybe a Derek Carr. Maybe they look at Derek Carr or trade oh, for the Raiders. Um, yeah, uh-huh. no. But if they're looking for an upgrade for Kirk Cousins next season, I don't think they're going to find it in the draft. And really, like, Kirk Cousins has been solid this year. He's always solid. He's just probably not going to get you past the hump into a Super Bowl championship. But, like, yeah, no. I, and I don't think any rookie quarterback is going to either. 
So Derek Carr is probably their best option next year if it's not Kirk Cousins. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but also, I don't even know if they can get rid of Kirk Cousins' contract. They might be stuck with him. All right, Sean, hear me out. Just hear me out first, all right? Get on the phone with George Payton. Call about Russell Wilson. We will give you... <laughs> Nobody wants Russell Wilson, TK. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants Russell Wilson. Bro. At this point. Absolutely Bro, but, um, the, Vikings, the Vikings could be a sleeper team for LJ. That would... Bro, let me tell you something. NFL. If Lamar goes to the Vikings, that team. Any any team in the NFC. I'm saying this to all listeners, any all listeners of, of, of any NFC like team. If the Vikings get their hands on Lamar Jackson, bro, I mean, just kiss, just just kiss about the next ten years. Goodbye, bro. Because you're done. I mean, you absolutely could. You absolutely could, bro. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. That's absolutely insane, bro. Actually, maybe ten now, years. Like, Cook, ten imagine years kind of pushing it. Because imagine he's a Lamar and Dalvin Cook, bro. Lamar and Dalvin Cook, bro. That's no, just that's no. not even fair. But but yeah, unfortunately for the Vikings, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. Who back? Yeah, and back? No. Anyways, uh, unfortunately <laughs> for the Vikings, they are stuck with Kirk Cousins for at least next year. He does have forty-eight million dead cap hit. <laughs> So he's not going anywhere. Kirk Cousins is the Vikings quarterback for next year. Okay, now Sean, now that you said that, give me a quarterback that can learn, a, that can sit a year, and then maybe take over the next year. Still no quarterbacks. There you has to be at least. Say. You know Richardson? who I'm going to say to Anthony Richardson. Is he going to fall that low though? Um, no, I don't think so. Probably not. You're probably exactly. not. So in, in that I case, no. I, I do think Anthony Richardson is going to be a top twenty pick. They'll probably be picking at least 25, if not even later than that, if we're talking about that. But then again, they could always trade up for a quarterback if that was really the path that they wanted to go. Which it should be. Because if you know it, sitting sit there knowing that you have one more year, $48 million of Kirk Cousins, I'm going to get skipped through the year. I'm going to move up to that 20th spot, take Richardson, and I'm just going to sit him for the entire year and just have him learn, bro. Yeah, Honestly, not only but, could you have a quarterback that I, has – more like talent than Kirk Cousins, at least when it comes to physical tool than that, you'd be able to save thirty-five, forty million dollars that you could then use on other positions. I think if the exactly. Vikings uh, traded up for Anthony Richardson, he were able to develop him into a star quarterback, they'd be a very dangerous dynasty. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's a great way to end the tears list. Um, and with that, we'll be back with it next week. Three winners, three losers. I'm gonna go ahead and hand it back to Benson. All right, Sean, let's switch the topic to college football. Let's see if we start with Sean. Sean, I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to you. So um, I think we all know why PC didn't want to show up today. He's not at the Eagles game. He obviously lied about that. He just didn't want to show up for the embarrassing Oregon loss where they absolutely choked away their playoff chances. They had it in their hand. They just needed one TCU loss, which is still very possible, possibly in the Big 12 championship, 2K State. But now Oregon season is over, at least when it comes to making the playoffs, competing for a spot. That is not going to happen. Usually, as you know, this is a pretty much mostly me and PC uh, segment. He's usually asking me questions, seeing what I think about the college football landscape. Uh, first, I want to ask TK if he has any questions to me, because he's also involved a good amount. If not, then maybe I'll just, you know, give my overall thoughts on the college football landscape. Anything, TK? I mean, honestly, I don't think, honestly, as I watch the games, we got, I don't think, maybe, maybe I forgot, I don't think there was any crazy upsets or anything like that, right? Well, it was the was Oregon it? game. That was a big game. Yeah, that, yeah. That's so, yeah. Nice, so. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's the one. That's probably the one question I have to ask. Go ahead and just 
Attack PC, man. Really make him feel it, bro. I want PC to listen to this podcast Wednesday, and I want him to feel the pain. So do your thing, Sean. Yeah, no. So um, Bo Nix, you know, he's had a very impressive season. But, and honestly, I don't even blame him for that game against Washington. Their offense showed up. It was the defense that was choking away. And what's supposed to be a talented defense between Noah Sewell, Justin Flo. They're supposed to have talent. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, at cornerback. Noah Sewell and um, Justin Flo are both linebackers. Noah Sewell, obviously the brother of Panay Sewell, was hyped up as a first-round pick coming into the season. Hasn't exactly lived up to expectation. He had disappointed. He's not great in the past covered game. So I do think he's going to fall a bit in the draft because of that. And yeah, their defense just overall this season, and especially that game, was very disappointing. They couldn't make a stop when they needed to. And because of that, they lost any chance that they had at making the college football playoffs. And BC, I'm sorry for you, but it's karma for ducking this podcast. You should have been here to take the slander. I don't really care. I'm a Penn State person, so all I care about is Penn State football and only Penn State football. We shut down Maryland's bum self. We shut them down. Nick Singleton, you are him. You are a great running back. I don't care about all of these other bums for college football team. I bleed Penn State. I bleed Nittany Lions. That's what I bleed. All right, let's get on to the good teams now. Uh, let, let's just go over the conference championships. Most of them are locked in now. Uh, totally just talking about Penn State. They're obviously not going to make the conference championship. In their conference, Big Ten, it is going to be Michigan versus Ohio State. Ohio State is probably the favorite in that game, but Michigan's been very good this year on both ends. They have a dominant defense, an elite running game with Blake Corum, who's been a Heisman candidate this season. So that's going to be a very fun matchup and will likely decide a playoff slot by the number two speed. And honestly, even the loser does still stand a chance if TCU can get a loss, which onto TCU, they are in the Big 12. They will be placing Kansas State, most likely. It's not locked in, of course, but uh, it's definitely the direction things are going. Um, and I do think TCU is going to come out of that with a win. I think TCU is going to finish the season undefeated, secure their spot in the playoffs as the number three seed, and likely likely face off against the Big Ten Championship. Next conference we'll go to, we will go to the ACC. Uh, Ben's, Ben's school, uh, UNC, plays in the ACC. Shout out them. They're going to be in the conference championship game against Condon. This is going to be a very fun matchup. I love UNC's offense. Drake May and Josh Allen are one of the best duos in the entire country, and I'm so excited to watch them too against Clemson's defense, especially their defensive line. Brian Brisset, Miles. I'm blanking on his name, but Brisset and Miles. Dominant duo, and I'm very excited to watch that against UNC and their electric offense. Uh, on to the next conference. We'll go SEC. Everyone knows them, of course. It's going to be... It, Ole Miss was looking like they stayed a chance. They were, did lose against Alabama. That's very good for Desi's LSU Tigers. LSU's locks in their spot in the conference championship. If they can win that game, if they can upset Georgia, they're going to rise up the rankings, secure their spot in the playoffs. Unfortunately for them. That's not going to happen. Georgia, everyone knows Georgia is going to win that game. Georgia is going to stay as the number one. If you have something to say, you can say it. But uh, I'm pretty sure we would all agree Georgia is going to win Son, that game. Son, y'all all agree that we wasn't going to beat Alabama. Remember? Okay, but Alabama isn't Georgia. Georgia is definitely a tier. Georgia can be beat. Watch. We're going to win. Watch what I tell you. And we're going to the, we, watch. Watch. Shout out watch. to the Tigers if they can make that upset. But probably watch. not going to happen. Uh, I think that only leaves the Pac-12, which is another thing I did want to talk about. Um, earlier in the podcast, I've uh, 
like in the earlier episodes. I named a couple people for Heisman. I talked about Will Anderson earlier in the season, and then I think I moved on to Hendon Hooker when he was absolutely dominant. Now, I have a new Heisman favorite, and that is going to be Caleb Williams, the redshirt freshman, I believe, for USC under Lincoln Riley. He's been absolutely dominating the conference, dominating the entire country. He has, I believe, like a 30 touchdown, one interception ratio, something insane like that. Him, Jordan Addison, they are unstoppable. Everyone knows Lincoln Riley teams don't play defense, but them two alone are going to lead them to the Pac-12 championship, where this is the first conference where we don't really know where things are going to go. Utah and Oregon still play, and the winner of that game is likely going to be in the conference championship against USC, but that really could go out of the way between Utah and Oregon. PC, you're out of the playoffs. You're not out of the conference championship, the Pac-12 championship. Still got a chance to make it to there. And from there, who knows? Maybe you'll upset USC. Maybe you'll get into one of the higher bowl games. And that's pretty much all I have for the week, unless there's any other questions. I just wanted to give a quick run through. I gave my Heisman favorite. I had to slander uh, PC's Oregon Ducks. And I went through all the conference championship games. All right. Now, y'all, it's time for my personal favorite thing of the week which is our hot takes. Um, but before that, Tolo, can you please play um, our WHS fan hot take of the week? Certainly. My name is Isaac. I live in California. And my favorite teams are the Lakers, the Rams, and the Dodgers. This is the We Hate Sports fan hot take of the week. If the Knicks were to offer Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, and like two picks... I would accept that trade for Anthony Davis. I think it's time to start over and rebuild. See, here's my problem, bro. So let me get this straight. <sighs> all the teams to trade with, you the first thing name out of your damn mouth is Julius Randle. I stop listening. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Do not do anything, anything to ever send this man Julius Randle. Back to L.A. in a Lakers jersey, bro. Not only will the Lakers fan as a whole riot, nigga, we coming after you because we heard it from you first, bro. What's, what's his name again, Tony? What's his name? <laughs> his name is Isaac. Isaac, we're coming after you, bro. Of all the you could have said that he, you could have said the Nets, you could have said the Warriors, you said the Knicks, bro, and then started with Julius Randle. Craig Grimes is a very interesting name. My my eyes my eyes kind of my, my eyebrows they rose when you said that and the two first picks very 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 nice but Julius Randle bro like go ahead somebody else go bro TK I don't know what's wrong you're acting like you don't want the former Laker legend Julius Randle he's a great fit first of all he's not a legend he's never been a legend he stinks he's absolutely trash I don't understand. How you go to a team, become the you're supposed to be the best player on the team, and you get even worse, bro. So you mean to tell me you finally given the key and you're worse? How, bro? They're basically telling you, I'm released, you're bad. You can do whatever you want, bro. Just be yourself. Well, you're trash. He was in the trade was Anthony Davis for Julie, but you acting like Julius Randle is like freaking like 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 Ken Kent Bazemore or something. Relax. Relax. I wouldn't trade the him only, for Anthony. Well, quite honestly, if we're being honest, quite honestly, the only difference between the two is one is bigger and stronger. That's really it. They're both dog shit. Excuse my language, but they're both dog shit. They are trash. They're not totally. There is no way. Okay, there is no way you can explain the Lakers fans. Julius Randle back in the Lakers jersey. I don't care if you no, throw five first-round picks on that. It does not matter. You cannot give Julius Randle. No, 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 no. 
All right, first for their hot takes, TK. All right, so it's gonna be my hot take. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk about my Broncos, bro. You guys want to say, uh, oh, or who, who, who's at home? The Broncos. Oh, I think the Broncos are gonna win. Sean and Gianni, you're a bunch of goddamn liars. You don't believe the Broncos are gonna win because they're not gonna win, right, ladies and gentlemen? The Denver Broncos are not gonna win a game for the rest of the season. Not only did we literally have to win the games that we were supposed to win during the first half of the season, the schedule only gets tougher. Okay. Okay, it only gets tougher. Okay, the the, the Titans were the last quote unquote easy team that we had. All right. It only gets worse. And we start playing the Cardinals and the Chiefs and, and the Chargers and the Raiders and the Rams. I mean, bro, we're gonna lose every single game for the remainder of the season. And you know what's gonna happen, what's gonna make me even more upset. Nathaniel Hackett's not going to get fired until the end of the season. You know why he's not going to get fired? Because he hired an entire new staff. So who's going to even take, who's going to take his job as interim head coach? Who's going to take it? Tell me. Is going to be the offensive coordinator he bought from the from, 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 from the from the uh, Packers? No, he's dog shit. Is going to be is going to be Clint Kubat? No, he he's only a quarterback coach. I don't know who you even replace him with. But ladies and gentlemen, Nathaniel Hackett, you fooled us. You, you, you fooled us. So thank you, bro. You absolutely fooled us thinking that you were going to bring your little nice little system that worked for Aaron Rodgers. You thought you were going to bring it in and it was going to work for us. No, man. No, man. How, how do I, as a fan of the NFL, know that literally you cannot just try to change a player who has played the game the way he's played the game 10 years and think that you're going to bring a completely new type of system and that it's just going to work. And then to not even switch it up after eight, nine weeks, bro. You had a whole bye week to change what you were doing, bro. And you came out and you were worse. We look, bro, do y'all realize we only scored 10 points? 10 points. That is the lowest. You had a bye week to figure all this out. Press conference after press conference. Well, we got to figure it out. We got to sit down as a whole. We got to, you know, we got to go back in there. We're going to go back in the conference room. We're going to figure it out, man. We, we got to do better. We got to do better as a team. Where is the better, Nathaniel Hackett? Where is the better? Where is it? Is it playing hide and go seek? Are you hiding it? Can you take it out? Can we see it? Because you are trash, bro. You fooled us. It's not going to work. You're probably never going to get a job in the NFL again as a head coach, honestly. It just, it just it ain't for everybody, bro. You, were, you weren't even an offensive coordinator. You were just basically Aaron Rodgers' best friend, and that's how you got this job. So thank you for fooling Broncos country. Thank you for fooling the NFL. Thank you for fooling the ESPN analysts. ESPN analysts who would talk so highly of you before the beginning of the season, man, on Fox Sports. It's just everywhere, bro. You were, you were so much praised, bro. Literally, bro, I thought you were Michael Jackson. Bro, I thought you were Jesus. That's how high this dude was praised, bro. And look at you now. The Denver Broncos are three and seven. We weren't even this bad. With Vic Bangio, bro. And with that, go ahead, Desi, and give it to somebody else. The Denver Broncos are not going to win the game for the remainder of the season, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. At least we got our first pick back, though, I guess. Yay. Is it your first pick or it's somebody else's first? So you lose. It's the, it's the Niners' first pick. It's the yeah, Niners' first that's gonna pick. That's going to be yeah, pretty yeah, low. I know, but I, I know. I know. It's going to be pretty low, but at least, I mean, I'm, try, I'm trying to take some type of positive out of this whole. Russell, West, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett situation. So the only thing I can think of is George Payton at least got a first-round pick back for us. So offense, give me an offensive lineman or something, bro. I, I don't know, man, but I feel like Desi right now, man, after the, after the past two weeks being a Bills fan, man, just so L after L after L. But go ahead. TK, did you see the tweet? 
It says, if the Broncos had scored exactly 18 points in regulation of every game, they would be 8-1. Eight, eight All they needed is and 18 Sean, points, which is not a lot. 18 points Sean, is very little in the NFL. Gonna, it would be like 25th exactly, in the league. Exactly. If they just did that, Sean, they would going, be 8-1. And, Sean, I'm going to ask you one thing. With the guy who finally has a head coach who actually has a fucking brain. I'm sorry, excuse my language. This is, when it comes to the Broncos, I just get so emotional. PC, if you have to bleep that out later, just do it. But as a guy who has a competent head coach, PC, you can, uh, uh, not PC, but Gianni, you can relate. You know, Nick Seriani, Tolu, your coach, he's up and down, but for the most part, I mean, he's always been up. And then, you know, Sean McDermott is, a, I mean, you're mad at him this week, but he's a great head coach too. Sean, if we were to be 8-1, and one, and we only needed 18 points to be 8-1, and one, right? Who does that fall on? Who does that fall on? Let's ride. Please tell me who that fall on. Who does that fall on? Let's ride. Russell Wilson? No, it does not. Dude, yes, it does. The quarterback. Russell, no, because Russell Let's Wilson ride. is trying to learn and play in a system that Nathaniel Hackett has. Um, listen, the only thing I would say about Russ that's bad is this. You got to have some balls, bro. You're literally one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game, bro. You have to know, and just you have to just straight up stop trying to be Hackett's best friend, bro, and just be like, "Look, dude, your scheme stinks. This is not what I'm good at. This is not working, bro. We're three and seven. Like I'm gonna do it my way." Any other quarterback, Lamar, the Jamar Jacksons, the Josh Allen's, any other Patrick Mahomes, any other quarterback is doing it. If something's not working for them, you're not going to keep trying to talk highly of him and of, oh, it's gonna take some time. He's a new head coach. No f that, bro. As a t- when you're one of the top quarterbacks that has ever played this game, you uh, you have the you can do a lot of things that other quarterbacks can't do. You can literally go into that front office, bro. Talk to George Payton and literally say, bro, look, this heck, this whole system that he's doing, it's not working, bro. It's not going to work. He has not done that. That's the one thing I would say, bro. You gotta have some balls, bro. That's the one thing I hate about Russ. He's too nice. He's too nice, and that's why we're in this situation because he won't stand up. But. Yeah, man, 18 points. I literally, bro, it's, it's literally true because most of our, our defense has been so stout all season, bro. It's our offense not being able to score points, bro. It's just so frustrating, bro. But we can find it. All right, next hot take, Sean. TK's spent a good time talking about his coach, so I might as well do the same for mine. We, in the group chat today, we were having a bit of a coach of the year debate. It was mostly sent around Nick Sirianni versus Brian Dable. I'll give the case for both. Nick Sirianni, undefeated. That's an amazing feat, obviously. Being undefeated in the National Football League is incredible. No matter what team you are, what situation you're in, it's an elite thing to do. And Nick Sirianni deserves a ton of credit for it. He is an amazing coach. A shout-out to him. However, what Brian Dable has done with a team that was projected to win about five or six games, come nowhere close to the playoffs, and now we're 7-2? and two? We're just past the bye. We are. We have seven wins already. We haven't had seven wins since 2016. Since Odell was here, we have not reached seven wins, and we have done it in only nine games in Brian Dable's first year as a head coach. The Giants have a high school-level wide receiver core, a middle school linebacker core. The offensive line is not great outside of Andrew Thomas, who's an all-pro left tackle. Shout-out to him. But outside of that, the rest of his offensive line is mediocre at best. And he is somehow taking that, taking a quarterback who most people would not have had in the top 20 at least, maybe not even the top 25. Most people would not have had him that even that low in their rankings. And with that, with that situation, with Fabian Moreau, cornerbacks off the street, with that, we are 7-2. and two. 
Brian Dable is the coach of the year. He is doing the most with the absolute least, and it isn't even close. Shout out Nick Sirianni, but you have an elite roster, the, which is why Howie Roseman is executive of the year. You 100% deserve to win that award. But when it comes to coach of the year, Nick Sirianni is a great coach, but he's not carrying the Eagles roster. The Eagles roster is holding its own. They are doing its job for Nick Sirianni. The offensive line, the defense, the running game, everything about it is elite. And because of that, Howie Roseman is executive of the year for building such an elite roster, but Nick Sirianni is not coach of the year. It is Brian Dable. All right, Nick, hot take, Everyone, in the history of the NFL, there has been a lot of MVPs. There has been defensive MVPs. There has been running backs that have been MVPs. There has been quarterbacks of the M- that have been MVPs. But in the history of the NFL, there has not been a wide receiver that has been an MVP. Never! Not once. So my hot take is Justin Jefferson is going to be the first wide receiver in NFL history to win MVP. And it's going to be this year. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL today, especially after he cooked that Bills defense, even though they have a bad secondary, they're injured. Justin Jefferson, he is generational, generational talent. Yes, he's better than Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Justin Jefferson is going to be the first wide receiver ever to win MVP because his coach, defensive-minded, he came from, like, the Rams. The guy throwing in the ball, Kirk Cousins, is inconsistent as hell. One one game, he'll throw you three touchdowns. Another game, he'll throw you five interceptions. What Justin Jefferson has done for that Minnesota team is unbearable, and it deserves to be noticed because the entire city of Minnesota, it, Justin Jefferson should get a street named after him right now, right now. They should be having posters of that man wherever, everywhere in Minnesota. They should be having posters of Justin Jefferson because he has what he has done with bad quarterbacks. Could you imagine if Justin Jefferson was on the Kansas City Chiefs? Could you imagine if Justin Jefferson was on the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Could you imagine if Justin Jefferson was on the, 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 the San Diego, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, the New York Giants? All these teams, including my Baltimore Ravens. Could you imagine if Justin Jefferson had a great quarterback? Like Lamar Jackson. I just had to throw him in there. I just had to, okay? I had to. Because what Justin Jefferson has done for Minnesota is unbearable. The way he the, the way he just plays with so much swagger. He just does he just the Minnesota Vikings better give him a check right now. I don't even care. He need they need to give him a check right now. A blank check to that man's name. Justin Jefferson is going to be the first wide receiver ever to win MVP. That's what my hot take. He's going to win MVP this season. He's going to win it. All right. Last but not least, Jim, any, your hot take? I'm going to go with NFL. 
um, is about the Miami Dolphins. If the Miami Dolphins can fix their defense and continue their momentum from this past Sunday, I think the Miami Dolphins can go to the AFC Championship game and they'll win two playoff games. One is going to probably be at home and then the other probably going to be on the road. I, I, I really think if they can fix their defense and tighten it up a little bit, I think they can get to the AFC Championship game. Possibly against the Chiefs in Kansas City, and that will be an epic matchup if you think about it because Tyreek goes back to Kansas City, and I think that will be a big-time um, AFC Championship matchup. All right, y'all. We are finally at our last segment for this week, and we have a word, a heartfelt word, for, from our absent host. Hi everyone, uh, it's Cameron, and that's PC for the casuals. Um, if you're listening to this right now, congratulations made to the end of this episode. Um, thank you all for listening to episode 99 of the We Ate Sports Podcast. I really wish I could have been there, of course, for our 99th episode, but, you know, my ables called me and you know i i could not uh pass up the, op- the opportunity to you know see us hopefully get a victory or the commanders hopefully by the time you're all listening to this we will have already won um but I-, I wanted to make this because i i felt there was a responsibility on my part to just stay in touch with everybody you know for the 99th episode I mean, this really is, like, a huge fucking deal. Sorry, I, I don't mean to curse, but this podcast, um, it means a lot to me. And it means a lot to all the voices that you hear week in and week out. And I could not imagine um, a scenario where we even get to the level of popularity that we're at you know right now without the people that are by my side week in week out making sure that this podcast is not only entertaining for all of us but entertaining for you know every person that tunes in every Wednesday to listen to these episodes so thank you first of all you know that's to the fans to the crew and everybody that makes, you know, WHS, WHS, you know what I mean? It's been quite a long time coming. In two weeks' time, we will do episode 100. I've already contacted a couple of individuals that uh, can, you know, make a special guest appearance for the 100th episode. And I'm hoping that, you know, we make it memorable um and that these are memories that last a lifetime uh, you know not just for you know a week or a month or a year not even five years but something that you'll always remember you know when you think of somebody like me or tk or you know tolu or sean or Gianni or desi many of us have been with WHS 
since the beginning. People have come, people have gone, people have been added, people have been removed. And I just want to thank every person who once again makes WHS, WHS, um, this year has been easily one of the most emotionally drained, physically drained, spiritually drained years of my life. An incidental sort of way laid on this podcast because this has been my therapy. Being with you guys for 99 of these episodes have been my therapy. And I'm just proud of where we're at now. You know, just give yourself, everybody that's on this call, I'm talking to the crew right now, give yourself some pat on the back for what you've been able to do mm-hmm. for 99 episodes. We are one yeah, episode away from doing something that many sports podcasts don't even get the chance to do. And uh, This is turning into a really long voice note, so I guess mm-hmm. I'll just leave it with this. Be ready in two weeks' time or some surprises as well as some, you know, familiar faces. And let's just continue to keep growing and becoming even bigger podcasts, even bigger internet sensation than what we are now. I love you guys. Go Birds. And Tolu, if you're reading this, you're, you're a weird individual. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to keep it PG. This PC signed off. He did not lie. I, I heard we no lies. We love you too, PC. We love you too. You mm-hmm. were very missed on this podcast. Very much. Eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say, this has to easily, I will say this has to easily have been the fastest, like, episode we've ever done, bro. Like, we literally finished, like, an hour and 30 minutes. That was crazy. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, though? You know, it can be debated. Shut up, Sean. I think it's, I think it's a good thing, because now we get to watch the Commanders beat the Eagles, bro. We that get to win. That is a very good point. Yeah, I saw, um, Sean, I saw the, um, the Heat one by one. I am at 30. I'm at 30 uh, against DeAndre, and who they tried to tell me was better than Bam. That's crazy. Who? So now we're 7-7 seven seven now. Aiden. Oh. Wait, who said who? Who's better? Wait, who's who said that? Nobody said it was better than me. When, there, when the Suns went to the finals, a lot of people were saying Aiden was better than Bam. Yeah, I would not. Whoever said that is an idiot, bro. They don't know. Yeah, a lot of people that. said that in that on Twitter. Right? Miami Heat are still Mickey Mouse. Who cares? They're not going I'm anywhere. Like two and ten. Shut up. Exactly. You guys still ain't winning a championship, buddy. <laughs> I think it's time to close out. Who's closing it out? Me or Desi? I say Desi. I say Sean. All right. Thank you, everyone, for coming. As TK said, this was one of the shortest podcasts we probably ever had. Maybe the number one shortest. But, you know, it's still a great time being here with Tolu, TK, Gianni, Desi. We miss PC. Go Commanders. And that's all I have left to say. Thank you, everyone, for coming. <laughs>